0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everybody, the NFL season is in full swing and you might not be at the games this year, but you can still be in on the action at Online. What's up y'all, this is your man Lloyd Spence And I am excited about all the things that's going on at betonline.ag. Some incredible lines this week. You got to go check them out. From the game spreads and the totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there is always my favorite, the online casino as well, because it never closes. So, Head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Tell them your man Lloyd sent you on over. You are now listening to Believe
1: in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talking Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, charlie ward and now lloyd and charlie go get them fellas
0: well we knew going into the weekend that one of us was going to come back not as happy as the other one (laughs) so that was that was the inevitability of what we were going with this weekend as our two favorite teams uh, were head to head this weekend. Uh, But I'll be honest with you, Charlie, I didn't expect the outcome that we got. I'll be honest. I did not expect that outcome. Why? Well, because I, I, I guess because we hadn't seen it, I had not seen Louisville put together a, a game yet where both sides of the ball played at an extremely high level, but we but they decided, to, and it's kind of ironic because you said right before we got off the broadcast, I hope this ended the week that they figure it out on both sides, and this was this has happened to be the week. So uh, you're listening to Believe in the ACC. That's Charlie Ward. I'm Lloyd Spitz. If you're watching us on Facebook right now on the Noisemakers page. If you're listening to us by Spotify and anywhere uh, podcasts can be heard, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here with us. If you're watching us, please feel free to drop your comments into the session section, and we would love to have you be a part of this show with us. Charlie, I will go to you, sir. What were your immediate thoughts as you watched Louisville uh, probably saving season against the Florida (laughs) State this weekend?
2: um well you know our initial thoughts early on we had a good a decent drive where we, we scored on the first first offense possession yeah and um and then it just started to go kind of sideways and what I mean by sideways is you know it just seemed like we couldn't get right on defense we couldn't stop them uh I mean, Hawkins, you know, had a career day in the first half. Yeah. Uh, You know, and and a lot of it was, you know, just poor angles, uh, not making tackles, a lot of things that, of course, he he had something to do with, uh, but it just seemed like they weren't able to do it. And then they allowed Tutu Atwell to run wild, uh, essentially. I'm chalking it up as some some busted coverages um, because, I mean, they they put him in positions to where he can um, go one-on-one against whoever it was that that was trying to guard him. And as we know, and they found out and they saw that they can't do that. I mean, it just – and so it was tough. Tough defensively, and then offensively, you know, we just missed opportunities, and we drove the football uh, down a few times, and unfortunate bounces where you know got an interception. Guy should have caught the ball. Uh, Got in the red zone quite a few times and couldn't do much with it. Um, And so, you know, we only scored 16 points, but we could have easily, you know, scored as many as 28 you know, or more, but that's the name of the game. Um, And, you know, we just, offensively, defensively, uh, we just didn't have it uh, to where we could keep up with them. But Louisville just had their way well, which was not surprising, but I just, you know, of course I'm looking at it from FSU's standpoint, this uh, didn't seem like they were, you know, doing what they're supposed to do. You know, I, I'm not. I just I don't know the ins and outs of the defensive calls offensively. But you know, when it's all said and done, there's no way you can tell me it, going into the game that they were going to have Tutu Atwell going one on one. You know, against anybody. You know, yes, yeah, to yeah. me was. Big mistake, if that was the game plan. Well, well it, it,
0: to me, it came down to, and I, and I appreciate Allen uh, who just jumped in, Allen Brown uh, jumped in and said uh, the key was limiting the big plays. It, I agree. It was it was like Louisville said, what we're not going to do is we're not going to give up any big plays. We might, we might give up some yardage, but we're not going to let one player just beat us. And so they decided not giving up big plays. And it was the opposite with Florida State. Florida State decided, well, where do we? You know, I guess they just didn't. I don't know if they didn't understand the speed that Louisville had, or I don't think. I don't think it was a respect thing. But I, I'm. I, surely they saw the film and saw that Louisville does have some speed on that team. Uh, but uh, man, I don't know. It was a weird game. I, I guess the reason, the thing that really surprised me, is because I thought the one thing that could definitely beat. Florida State was that if they let Tutu well break out, and so maybe there was more concentration on stopping him than it was in stopping the run. Maybe they felt like they could stop the run, and they really underestimated what J.B. and Hawkins could do. But uh, Javion Hawkins had a phenomenal day. I mean, just you can't ask for more than that. Sixteen carries, one hundred and seventy-four yards. I mean, that's 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 a great day of football. Uh, and Malik Cunningham was 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 on point. I mean, he played a solid uh, – this was the game that you hoped he would have had all season long. Uh, and it just seemed like everything came together. And after they gave up that first big touchdown to Jordan Travis, uh, that was it. They just, they locked in pretty well for the rest of that game. They did give up a second one to, uh, on that pass to I think it was Ontario Wilson. They gave it like a four-yard, six-yard pass or something like that. But other than that, I mean, they just played a really, really solid game all the way across the board, man. I'll I, I, I was, I'll be honest with you, with the momentum that they came into this game with, Florida State came into this game with, I was surprised. I really was. I thought it would have been a far more uh, competitive contest than it was. But, uh, no, Louisville, Louisville got the win that they were looking for, and it looked like the team that we all thought they would be.
2: Uh, yes, they played well. Um, You know – And it's just a hard pill to swallow when you sit there and watch Um, on the other side where you missed, you know, you missed opportunities here and there. And, and, uh, you know, one thing that uh, as a quarterback uh, that you really want um, and, and Malik Cunningham, you know, got his wish, which was, you know, they took advantage of when they blitz, they didn't protect, you know, they went man to man. For the most part, and that is one of the easiest things from a quarterback standpoint to be able to, you know, be as accurate on. Especially if you have an inside receiver that is dominant as Tutu, you want to see guys blitz um, and and, and give it an opportunity. And so we we kind of messed up that part. Uh, And then the second half, you know, they they had they got some stops. Uh, but by that time, you know, the game's kinda out of hand and offensively weren't able to do anything. But it'd be interesting to see because as we've seen and we talked about these tier teams, you know, they I mean are gonna start playing one another here. And so, you know, you're looking at progress uh in one week, you know, team may look halfway decent. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then the next week, you know, you, you, get, you get what we've been getting from that, from the bottom tier. But it'd be interesting to see how things move, you know, moving forward, how these guys, these teams start, you know, progressing. Well, another
0: team that showed up this weekend and, and, and listen, I think they may have listened to our show and was like, y'all going to get down there. <laughs> y'all going to give us our respect. Because Man, Notre Dame – dominated pit, And, I mean, they made that defense look ordinary. Uh, Now, I still say, I know Ian Book had 312 yards. I know he had three touchdowns. But I'm still saying 16 for 30 is an okay day. It's not a great day. It's an okay day. And I don't know what – I don't know – listen, to me it's just an okay day. What are, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame? Uh, but they did dominate the game. Man. You can't yeah. get, get away from
2: that. Uh, well, I mean, there's no shirt sure code that, that they dominated. And um, I, I think they're, you know, peaking or playing well at the right time, even though the week before against Louisville, you know, they had a tough time. But Louisville, yeah. of course, is progressing as well. I mean, they have athletes and they have a solid team. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, how in Book did look much better. You know, in the passing game, I did watch him, and uh, it looked like he knew where he wanted to go to football, making some accurate throws. Uh, he has some weapons um, that's, you know, bringing him alone as well. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he does this week because they have Clemson. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how they continue to progress. Um, I know defensively, you know, they're, they're pretty solid on yeah. that side of football as well. So it uh, should be a very good game, but they definitely did what they were supposed to do this week, um, especially with Pitt and the backup quarterback uh, and being in there. I mean, Pitt, Pitt's kind of offensively struggling. Oh, yeah. Jo- got, you know, the kid,
0: Joey Yellen, he had a rough, rough day. Uh, 10 for 27, only 101 yards. Three picks. You can't win a game throwing three picks. That's that's just not a recipe for disaster. Uh, but man, it was interesting. I thought uh, Charlie because the um, the running game for Notre Dame has been their strength all season long, and they only rushed for 115 collective yards. Uh, the biggest rusher was uh, Sibo Fl- uh, Flamister, uh, who had only had uh 48 yards. Um, and Ian Book had, I think, 40 yards himself. But, big man, their receiver, Ben Skoronek, <laughs> Skoronek, he had two monster plays,
2: 107 yards, two touchdowns. He had a really big game. Uh, yes, like I said, I, I think they got some receivers that's coming around Yeah. Um, now. And uh, Ian Book, you know, is doing what he's supposed to do, which is uh, getting the football into their hands. Uh, I just remember one play where, you know, they had a stay route uh, and a go route on top of it. And Ian Book, you know, rode to his left and threw the ball all the way back across the field um, to the guy who was running the stay route. And that was just uh, a great awareness because he definitely looked, looked down the field to see if there was anyone down, but there was no one down and he looked back and, Hit him and I uh, not know the guy, that, I can't remember if he scored or not, but it, it was a big play uh, for them. Mm. Um, but just, you know, that kind of awareness just goes to show you that he's on, you know, on his game. Yeah, you got to give him credit. He played, he played far better
0: than we, we expected to play against what I thought was a tough, good defense. But uh, I guess it's hard to be a tough defense if you got to be on the field the game. That's game. If the offense can't get anything sustainable going, uh, it makes it really, really hard to get out there uh do what you can do. Uh, another, I wouldn't call it surprising in the outcome, but surprising in the way that they won. Uh, Miami got the win against uh, Virginia, but it was a defensive win for sure. They won 19-14. Uh, the offense didn't really do anything that was dominant, although Eric King kept the ball moving the entire game. So uh, he had a really good game, 41, 30, 322 yards passing. Um, but it really came down to just them being able to move the ball, but just wasn't able to convert those so much into a lot of points, mostly field goals. But they still were able to dominate on the defensive side of the ball. They held – uh, they really held Virginia Tech. I'm sorry, not uh, not Virginia Tech. I'm sorry, Virginia. They really held Virginia in check for most of the game, right up to the end, where Virginia got made a run uh, and scored later. It was like five minutes left the game to go with Rashan. I think it was Rashan Henry was the uh, the uh, quarterback, Brendan Armstrong. So it uh, it was it was it was interesting to see. Um, Now, it was interesting to see that game. It it was more of a defensive struggle, I guess, I anticipated for that game.
2: Uh, Yes, it was. uh, It didn't seem like Miami uh, was ever in in any danger of losing the game. Right. Um, I'm not sure if if it was because of Virginia's inept uh, ability to feel like they were putting any pressure on them to win. Um, but Virginia does have you know a solid defense, um, and offensively they have some weapons. Uh, but Miami was able to you know kind of shut down. Uh, I don't know if Davis played the time that I saw, he didn't make, make very many plays. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, Virginia's a they're they're, they're an up and down team right now as well. Um, they play some tough teams, uh, but they're definitely up and down. Um, and it's uh, it just didn't seem like they were ever threatening uh, Miami uh, as far as, you know, winning the game. Uh, they, they kept it close, uh, but Miami seemed like they always had it in control, um, you know, throughout the game.
0: Miami is a really good, balanced team. And I'm in, I'm impressed by what they're doing, and that they're able to win multiple ways. And I think something like that plays big the the, the longer the season goes on, that you can win multiple games different ways. That you're not one, you're not just one note. So I know Miami fans probably didn't love that win, but I think as the season progresses, they are going to love that win because you want to win those kind of games as well when they are clicking, but not in the way that it has been clicking all season, and you still find a way to, to hold off a team and to win a game. That's still an impressive game, by the
2: Yes, it is. And uh, one of the things from an offensive standpoint, uh, you know, they're you know quick team. Uh, they like to get to the line scrimmage and play with tempo. Uh, the one thing they did when they needed to, uh, you know, slow it down for a minute offense, they did. Uh, yeah. So, you know, waiting to the last uh, minute or last few seconds on the play clock to uh, snap the football when they were up. And so those are things that you kind of watch uh, uh, when, you, when you're when you sitting there watching the team. Um, you know, I know they were talking about putting keeping the foot on the gas against certain teams and all that. But, you know, uh, since they've been humbled a little bit, they've started <laughs> to play a little bit more, uh, you know, not carefree, but you know more understanding of the clock, you know, time and score, yeah. those types of things. And so uh that's that's mature on the coach's part and the players part to know when to keep the foot on the gas, who didn't keep the foot of the gas, and also when they need to slow it down to uh, you know, run clock and uh preserve a win.
0: Yeah. The the uh the most shocking game I think Again. (laughs) Wake Forest upset over Virginia Tech and and looking at Wake Forest record, I think they're four and two now. They're kind of back in the mix now. Like it is it is it is definitely uh, believable that a two or a three or maybe even a possible four-win team could meet Clinton. In the ACC Championship. I don't, I don't think the second team that plays against Clemson in the ACC Championship will. Is, is, they're all been defeated so far. It's, it's, it's possible that it could be a two win team or even a three win team, maybe even a four win team. Who knows? But Wake Forest put off an amazing upset against Virginia Tech and um, put themselves back in the hunt. And and I'm impressed. I, I, I got to give Virginia uh, Wake Forest credit.
2: They pulled it off. Maybe the some Virginia Tech magic has worn off. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, as far as we, we said, you know, they, they played well against Clemson. Uh, they just were overmatched, but you know they played well um, against Clemson, and so they're a team that they they have a they have a style as well uh, that you have to deal with from an opposite standpoint. Um, At one point, you know, the defense was a little suspect. Uh, They've given up a lot of points. uh, But now they look like they've turned the corner in that respect. Um, And it's four wins, you know. That's that's not bad at this point uh, where you're having to miss games and all the different things that's going on. Uh, so they're sitting in a good good spot now. I mean, we're a little premature on the ACC uh, <laughs> finals, but uh, I think they're they're heading in the right direction, which you know that's a good sign. Uh, but Coach Clawson, he uh, he's not a bad coach. He does a good job with him. Well, you know, I guess the reason why I bring it up is because.
0: You know, to be uh, four and two or three and two at this point, I mean, I, I didn't expect that when we started the season. Wake Forest was not one of those teams that I felt like would be in the mix, uh, and in the conversation. And and now, I mean, the whole thing is kind of flipped on its head. And now you look at them and they got a shot. They got as good a shot as
2: anybody. Yeah, they do. And and then we'll talk about them on this week coming up um, <laughs> they <stomped> their foot <laughs> because uh, I don't know why you know but you know when the games are competitive you know at, at one point in time you're you're with you know you can, you're kind of you can be up and down yeah what I mean by that you know they won 23 sixteen. Um, when you're not scoring a whole lot of points you come up against someone that can score a lot of points and then play some solid defense then you struggle yeah um so you know it's a it's, it's hard to put stock in uh, a lot of a, quite a few of these teams uh, in ACC uh, just because of just the inconsistencies that you get each and every week right uh, but you have to just try to look for trending you know they're trending upwardly uh no. in whatever form of fashion but they are trending
0: they are definitely trending in the right direction so uh whereas also in tech taking their second loss uh they may not be trending in the right direction so uh it'll be interesting to see how this all unfolds as the season continues uh dr jekyll showed up as georgia tech whipped by Boston College, uh, or as they as they say, Dr. Jekyll got their hide with Boston College. Uh, Boston College is a is a, is another one of those teams. Four or two now on the season. They are an anomaly. I don't I don't know what to think about Boston College. Uh, just as much as I don't think know what to think about uh, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech Jeff Sims, uh, one hundred seventy one yards. This uh, not the greatest uh, game at all, uh, but Phil Yurkovich <laughs> made the most out of his 145 yards and two touchdowns, and, uh, and he rushed for 94 yards, which is crazy to think that he rushed for 94 yards, but that was enough. That was enough for them to pull out the victory against um, uh, Georgia Tech.
2: Well, as we, as we said, Georgia Tech is up and down uh, just because they're young uh, and they're still trying to figure it out as well. And Boston College, you know, they're, they're kind of consistent. Uh, They, they've definitely opened some eyes uh, since this, for this year with a new head coach. Yeah. And, you know, they're playing a different style of offense and defensively, they've always been solid. And so it be interesting to see how, you know, they end up. I mean, I can see them being on the, the other side of, you know, the win the win column, uh, maybe not by a lot, but, you know, they can, uh, be, you know, two games over, uh, by the end of the season, I, I do believe, uh, or, or more, more than two games over, but, um, it's um, they they are a tough team to to have analysis about BC. Yeah, cause you don't know.
0: Well, one team we do know about, and we um, we are confident in, is that is the Clemson Tigers are going Clemson every week, probably to the end of the season. Another dominant performance against um. Syracuse or Syracuse, they just can't catch a break. Um well, they didn't score Points? Huh? I
2: said they did score twenty-one points. They did
0: score twenty-one points. I will give them that credit.
2: They, they uh,
0: were able to muster up of some offense, some measure of offense, but uh they had no shot stop stopping Clemson this weekend. <laughs> As nobody talked really good. good. Uh, I don't. I just don't see Clemson getting any level of challenge until. Um, until possibly the Notre Dame game uh, on the seventh uh, Yeah, 7th. yeah. yeah. I, it just feels like they are uh, they are on a date with the national championship, uh, ACC championship, and national championship once again. Um, Charlie, I ask this question to you as we go into our weekly game of who who shine the brightest. to you, my brother. Um. Well, I'm
2: I'm gonna go with Pitt. I'm I'm sorry, I'm gonna go with Notre Dame. Okay. Yeah, Notre Dame, uh they manhandled Pitt, uh, which was uh you know, a bright, bright moment, bright spot. I know they handled uh, my Florida State Seminoles. Uh but we were expecting so a little bit something different uh from Pitt. Uh but they just they definitely just manhandled them. So they're they're one of the teams that I thought shined the brightest uh, on Saturday? I am always hard on
0: uh, in-book, week week in and week out. I've been hard on him all season. I will make him my player shine the brightest because he kind of carried his feet. You got to give him a lot of credit. He He did his thing. But I'm going to give my "Who Shine the Brightest Team Award to Wake Forest. I, I, that is a big-time win for them. Uh, it, it's the kind of win that makes um, makes uh, the season better. You can build off that win. Uh, there's two in a row that they had that are pretty significant. And maybe Wake Forest is, is, is trying to find that groove. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do going forward. But I'm going to give mine to uh, Wake Forest this week. Who surprised you the most, Charlie?
2: Well, I'm going to go with the team you just mentioned, Wake Forest. I really didn't expect them to beat Virginia Tech, uh, but Virginia Tech, they've lost two games so far, North Carolina and now Wake Forest. And so, but Wake Forest was a team that kind of surprised me. Uh, Even though they've been playing – You know, competitive football throughout this year, uh, they definitely surprised me because they weren't ranked and they beat a ranked team. So, uh, but as we've seen, rankings in this day and age probably is not as accurate because you don't have all the teams represented. Uh, So, but I'll go away far as being a surprise.
0: All right. I'm going to go to Louisville. I, I honestly, as I said when the show started, I, I did not know if they could put together two, uh, two two sides of the ball game, uh, whether whether the where the, where the, uh, the, the, um, the the offense and the defense played well at the same time, and they finally did that uh, against what I think is a much tougher opponent than can give them credit for. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Louisville on that one. Uh, Alex said was trying to bite for him, and Wake was his surprise as well. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go with Louisville as my surprise team. I really was shocked that they played as well. Uh, Charlie, who needs to work this week? Who needs a little bit of work?
2: Maybe go back to the drawing board a little bit. I'm going to talk about my Florida State Seminole's defense. Ah. They need some work. Uh, This week, you know, even if it's just rallying to the football, flying to the football, being able to tackle guys in space. um, And I'm guessing they had some busted coverages uh, at some point because guys are running free um, all over the place. And so I think the defense uh, needs some work. um, But I'm sure Coach Fuller uh, will get get them, you know, moving in the right direction. And the second person, or second team that I think needs a little work is the pit offense. But I hope they don't get it together for this week. <laughs> <laughs>
0: now see, you keep saying that, probably. and every time you say that, the team gets it get you together. So you might need to stop saying that.
2: Again. So, pit uh, offense.
0: Okay, I'm, I'm gonna go with. uh Georgia Tech. I, I know they're a young team, and 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 they they're having young team problems. But at some point, they got to start growing and figuring this thing out. Uh, you know, you can't, you can't build momentum without consistency, and they, and they got to get figure this thing out and start trying to build some measure of consistency. Uh, and this up and down thing wears on your spirit sometimes. So I'm hoping they can figure this thing out. Out uh, there, Virginia Tech needs to refocus for sure. Yeah, Virginia Tech needs to work for sure. They could definitely go in that uh, little work category. Charlie, who needs a lot of work?
2: I'm going go to go with the team you just mentioned, uh, <laughs> Georgia Tech. Um, I, think they, I think they're I think kind of just trying to find themselves. Uh, I think that's something with young teams, especially when we have a young quarterback, you're going to have your up and down moments and you just have to live with the results because, uh, you know, this is a great experience for them. Uh, they're playing uh, quite a few young players uh, to be able to give them some experience and, you know, but while you're going through it, you still need some work uh, to, to try to make things happen for this year. What would what, you have
0: a young team like that, Charlie?
2: again where
0: do you start like
2: with because it's so inconsistent where do you start i just said it. it's a learning experience you know and, and you have to be willing when you make this youth movement and that's the thing that a lot of people uh, on the outside they always talk about play this freshman play that freshman he shows promise well if you start playing young guys you're going to have mistakes um and you got to be able to live with those mistakes and coach like jeff collins you know he's made a decision that he's going to go to young quarterback um and he's going to live with the mistakes uh that the guy's going to make uh but when it's all said and done you're hoping that this experience will be able to help him in in the long term and so a lot of times we don't want to hear it uh but when you understand and know your team Uh, You have to do the best that you can and take your lumps um, right now. Uh, Yeah. And so, you know, you can go and play veteran guys and still get the same results. Uh, But the next year, you may not, you know, be be able to develop some of the young talent. And and so you just have to know where you stand. And if you're a coach who's on the hot seat um, and, you know, You may not have the luxury to be able to play young players and you need to go veterans that you feel more comfortable with. But when you're second year and they're, they're giving you opportunity to kind of build uh, you may have to take some lumps uh, along the way, Uh, but you're hoping that at least one or two years from now, you know, you'll have, you know, juggernaut.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. That's a really, really great point. I think I'm going to go with Syracuse and I'll be honest with you. At this point, I'm deeply concerned that uh, by the end of the season they're gonna be looking for a new coach. I just, I, I love Dino. I think Dino's amazing, but I just think the tradition of Syracuse is 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 gonna be such as they're gonna they're gonna be asked for, for some changes. And I, I hate to say that, but I, I just don't know how he survives this. Because at points in some of the games, even though they put up 21 points this past weekend, but I think people would argue that of the competitive nature that they're bringing to each every game. I don't know if it's, I don't know, something is wrong. Something is missing. The message is not getting through or something.
2: Uh, well, you know, Syracuse, they haven't fared as well this year as they've, you know, we, we thought they were trending in the right direction. Uh, yeah. A couple of years ago. And um, I just think it goes back down to the quarterback. I mean, I don't know who they have playing quarterback now, but, you know, you have to have a solid guy back there to help, you know, make the offense go. Um, I yeah. Think they've well, And You
0: know, he's pedestrian at best. Uh, it's just hard to overcome. Bad play. I mean it just It's you can you can overcome a few mistakes, you can overcome a lapse in 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 angle that you take whatever in, in the play, but just overall bad play is just, just tough to overcome week in and week out. Uh, I agree. Yeah.
2: Charlie, who's your top five this week, my brother? <laughs> um I got four. I got Clemson one notre dame two uh unc uh miami and then the fifth guy team is a question mark it's a big old gigantic question mark <laughs> I, I hear you man i am
0: with you i don't that 15 is is is, is a pickle um yeah that 15 is 15. To pick em. i think i'm gonna go with uh clemson number one uh I think I'm gonna go with Notre Dame as well. Number two, I think I'm gonna go with Miami as my third, and then North Carolina. And I, um, if you twisted my arm and twisted my hands to, to make a pick, I'll go with NC State. But that, but, but, I'm not, I'm not sold on that. NC State. Yeah. I'll go with NC State, but I'm not. But I'm not sold on that. I can be. I can be talked out of that really easily. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm not sure about NC State.
0: Yeah, it, it's 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 up in the air, man. It's really really up in the air. Um, as we look forward to this week, I know we're not. We're gonna come back on and do this all again on Wednesday. But as we look forward to this week, Clemson will have another week where it appears that they won't be deeply challenged, if, it, if I can say it that way, in Boston College. Although Boston College is coming off a really good week. But it appears that they won't be deeply challenged. Right. But yeah, I was just going to say this. If you're Clemson, is this a trap game? Because uh, you know you got Notre Dame coming up the, week, the next week. And, and you're looking forward to that, you're prepping for that, that's gonna be a huge game. Maybe even a national televised uh, – I mean not nationally televised, but uh maybe the game of the week nationally. Uh and dare I say you may even get game day there. I mean, I don't know what game day schedule is, but I would think that's probably gonna be the biggest game uh so far of the year. How do you focus your team? Uh, on a Boston College team that would love to get the upset here and not look too forward to a Notre Dame?
2: Uh, well, I know Coach Sweeney, and I know he's not going to allow his team to uh, start looking ahead. Um, um, I know that's not his motto, look ahead, you know, to the next opponent. So they'll do everything in their power to make sure that they uh, put their best – uh, game together against Boston College, uh, so they can focus on Notre Dame um, in in a different light. But you know, when you're, I mean, I've been on these, I've been on that type of team in college. Uh, when you're playing teams and you have a big game, you know, week week ahead. I mean, you have to go and do what you're supposed to do. You execute a high level as you prepare. You're preparing for. The next game. So, your goal is to go out and compete at a high level, um, and execute. Do all necessary things you need to do uh, to get prepared for the game that you're anticipating, or everyone is anticipating.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: I don't see them uh, having a letdown uh, in, in any form of fashion, um, and we'll finally probably get a chance to see Boston College in a different light.
0: Would, would this be the week, Bobby Bowden, would, would tell you guys every single mistake ever made on the football field just to keep you focused?
2: Um, it depends on the team. Um, I know.
0: But I'm saying, would you use that tactic in order to keep you from looking forward to know today He's gonna refocus you by saying, "Guys, you're not. I know you're, you're blowing to your job, but you're not great. This ball, this, this, and this, and this." Um, I don't. I don't
2: think. Uh, like I said, it depends on your leadership. Um, I know my junior year, uh, we were we, we had a solid team, uh, but I was making a lot of mistakes. Uh, games were close. We were winning games, but the games were close. Um, and you know, it was the same approach that I take with my team that I coach. You know, you have to learn from each and every game. Whether you win the game or, or lose the game, you have to learn from it. And so I just don't think, you know, Clemson have, is at a point now where, you know, they need the motivation to say, you know, this is what you're doing wrong. I mean, they kind of know what they're doing wrong. They kind of know because they their leadership is not going to allow them to have, you know, slippage, as uh, my man Coach Jeff Van Gundy would say.
0: Right. Yes, I, I have to agree with you. I just I'm, you, you look for the is there a weakness, is there a fall, is there anything, is there a crack in the system anywhere? And it really just does not seem like it. they look like. Uh, it it almost looks like the national championship and the ACC title are inevitable with this Clemson Tigers team.
2: Well, you know, um, you know, Coach uh, Sweeney uh, had a moment the other day in his uh, press conference where. You know, I, I texted him to ask him, you know, about, about, about his comment uh, about them winning the game because I can only imagine they gave up 21 points. Um, and I'm sure that all the questions were about, you know, why did y'all give up 21 points? How did that happen? And is there some slippage in your defense? And you, you just you pulled away in the fourth quarter. You know, it's just a whole bunch of those type of questions. And I'm sure he got tired of it because he's a positive guy, and he was like, "Man, we did we didn't we just win the game?" <laughs> right,
0: right,
2: right. So, you know, there's there, we, we'll always be digging um, to try to find their weaknesses and those types of things. They're, they're they're human, just like you know the rest of the teams. They just have more, uh, you know, better players uh, than than most teams, and so I just think they're solid all the way around, and the, the things that they're missing, they'll find on film and get them corrected. Uh, I did want to talk to you about this before I let you go for the day. We did
0: have some breaking news today that uh, Duke cornerback Mark Gilbert, who is a redshirt senior, decided that he is not going to return to the squad, the Duke Blue Devil. He took the time off of, well, the, I guess he had a bye week this past week, took that time to think about his future and decided he was just going to go start preparing for the NFL draft. Do you agree with that decision, Charlie?
2: Well, I'm not here to to make decisions for guys. And, you know, they have their own decision and reasoning behind it. Um, And in this day and age, it's not surprising. Yeah, that's very true. uh, I mean, we can sit in. Talk about a decision, but it's definitely not surprising in this day and age, uh, with the kids that we have today. So uh, they make decisions based upon what they feel is best for themselves, uh, which that's their prerogative. Uh, yeah, they have to live the decision. That's you hear me keep saying that over and over and again. We make decisions in life, and we have to live the consequences. And so, um, if he feels like this is the best uh, decision for him and his family to start pursuing an NFL career, uh, then, you know, albeit. Now, I know, I'm sure if he was on a winning team,
0: it'd be different.
2: It would be different. It'd be different. And, I and, agree. And, and that's definitely what losing does. I mean, I've been a part of losing teams as a coach, as a player, and guys start checking out, you know. The sooner, the closer it gets to, <laughs> closer it gets to the season ending, yeah, start checking out, um, and want to go and do something else, and so that's always a challenge uh, when you're losing. Uh, that mentality just starts to creep in, and, and it's something that guys are doing today.
0: Yeah, it's a tough call. I mean, I don't know the young man. I don't know his family situation. And maybe he's looking at his family situation and then measuring that against where the team is as a whole this season and say, listen, it doesn't make sense for me to keep putting my body through this. And I can start using that time to get ready for the draft. So I don't know, I, it, I, it's very different from what you and I are used to. It, I don't. This type of thing was not the norm uh, when, when we were going through school. It is the norm now for sure. Uh, and I'm not even going to say it's a bad decision. I'll just say, like you said, it's their decision. Right. And I think that, you know, guys got to do what they feel like is best. It's it, it speaks to something that's different in our culture right now uh, when it comes to team versus individual. Mm. And uh, I, I don't know if it's good or bad. I can see both sides of the spectrum when it comes to that. But it's definitely different. It's definitely different than anything I've – I'm used to, I was a little taken aback by that, to be perfectly honest with you, uh, when that happened. Is uh, I got the news of that this morning, and I was like, wow, really? He's opting out with like four or five games left to go. I mean, so it's different.
2: Well, you, I mean, I don't know why you were taken aback by it, because <laughs> it's been happening.
0: Well, it well, is. Got- yeah, it is. Yeah. I guess I just, um, I, but I'm always surprised by it, probably, because, it, again, yeah. It's different. It's a it's a different mindset. And again, not saying it's right or wrong because it's hard to say whether it's right or wrong. Uh, because I can see the merit in doing it if you believe and you're getting good counsel that you're gonna be a, a high draft pick or first round pick. I think if you're if you're a for sure first round pick, it it, it kind of does make sense to me, especially if you're on a really really bad team. If you're, if you're not a for-sure first-round pick, then I'm a little confused by it. Because as always, the more take teams have on you, the better it is for you without So I go back and forth with the, the concept of it, and that's why I guess that's what surprises me. Because obviously this kid must think he's got a pretty solid draft positioning.
2: Uh, that is a good point um, that you just made. And I'll say it again. We have to make decisions, and when we make decisions, we have to live the results. Yeah. And whether he he feels like he's a first round pick or a second round pick, or he wants to improve his pick, uh, you know, by getting prepared for the draft. I mean, you know, guys have to make their own decision, and when they do, you you know, you have to live the results. And so, you know, it's just unfortunate. That uh, you know, now Duke has to, you know, go and find another whatever position he played. Cornerback, yeah, his cornerback. And I mean, you know, people's already well. The coaches that—that's what they do, and they have other players. And Duke's not good, you know. Everybody give him an excuse, but I just hope that he's—he's he's making the right decision. I hope he gets his degree, which most kids from Duke, they they go there and get their degree. Yeah. Um, And he's able to fulfill his dream. Um, You know, that's what you want. That's what you go to most times they go to school for, uh, to be able to have an opportunity to uh, play professionally. And if he feels like he's uh, at a point now where he's close, Um, and he don't want to risk any injury, you know, that plays a big part, I'm sure, in his his thought process as well. Right. Um, And if he feels like he's at that point, uh, he has to do uh, what he has to do. Uh, But I just know, for me personally, I couldn't do it. Uh, I I don't care, you know, where I was or what the draft stock looked like. Uh, I just know... That's just not the way I was raised, um, and that was um, something that we just didn't believe in, especially in the middle of the season. Um, right. My parents always told me, if you're gonna start something, you gotta finish it. Um, and so, that's just something that uh, that always stick with me. It may be old school, but I just think it's a good life principle uh, that we we should always we should all have.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we couple. Kept- I, I I can't see doing it either. But again, I don't know his life situation. I don't know his circumstances. I don't know anything about the young man. So um, it it's a decision. Yeah. And so he's got. He's he's made it now. You got to live with it. Uh, hopefully, there'll be no regrets on the end. You know what I mean? All right. So, well, man, it's always a pleasure, Charlie. Man, I look forward to doing this with every. Uh, Monday and Wednesday for our Tuesday and Thursday podcast audience. This will be up tomorrow at 11 a.m. But for our Facebook audience, we appreciate you guys checking in today and, and, and riding with us. Um, it should be an interesting, another interesting week in the npc We'll come back on Wednesday right around the same time, 38 o'clock, and we'll do it all over again, get you ready for the weekend
2: and uh preview the, the upcoming game. So, Charlie, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, and uh, hope you guys are doing well. We
0: are. Thanks. We're doing a lot better. Yeah, we're doing a lot better. Doing a lot better.
2: That's well, good to hear.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Well, we will uh, see each other on Wednesday. To our get to our Facebook live. We'll see you on Wednesday here on the Noisebreaker page. To our podcast, page. we'll see you again on Thursday. If you listen listening to Believe in the ACC. That's Charlie Ward. I'm Lloyd Spencer. We'll see you.
2: See ya.
1: You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify, iTunes, and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook, on the Noisemakers page, and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms, and we will keep taking you inside the ACC.